Hello and welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we talk about all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm Grant Alexander, your host, and joining me as always is Adam McKay and Morley Kurt. Wow. Inside joke there. Inside joke. Not really. That's how you say your name, according to the spelling. Uh, You should check the Google Doc. Uh, So anyways, before we get into our topic this week, I wanted to give everyone an update on the Clamp Challenge. And the first thing I wanted to talk about is we have a new prize uh, from Clean Cut Woodworking Router Sled, a 40 by 47, if I'm not mistaken. It is a massive sled, um, and it's used for flattening anything you want, really, that will fit in in it. Um, And that is... uh, an awesome prize from uh, from an awesome supporter who uh, clearly is a, is a patron of ours, but you know stepped up and and donated this amazing prize. Um, the other things is uh, we've got the very first official entry and bonus entry from Dead Rise Woodcrafts. Uh, what did you guys think of that? I think it's awesome. Both, both entries are awesome. I like the pen um, a little bit better, but I love both of these entries. Yeah, the pen is really sweet. It's a very good use of that uh, of that wooden um, screw. And I'm looking at my yeah. parallel jaw clamp and realizing that having a wooden screw there is a very unique. Like they look the same, other than the fact that his has a wooden screw. So that must be a very old clamp. Yeah, mm. I have one as well. And I've thought about, I thought about using it for the clamp challenge, but I couldn't think of a good way that was worth destroying an, a, a wonderful old clamp. Hmm. Well, I like that he's used like part of the jaw to make a stand for it as well. Yeah, I think it's super cool looking. Yeah. Uh, Eve from Projects and Things uh, posted about a goose, and I don't know what's going on there, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm but curious to see what he does. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a duck. Okay. It's either <laughs> a goose or a duck. I look at it, it looks goosey to me. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm very confused by that post. Yeah, me too. But I think it all makes sense in the end. Um, yeah. Juniper and Sixt is working on the final version of their cam clamp. Cam, cam clamp. Um, and on that, I wanted to note that if you're following the hashtag clamp challenge, or if you're trying to post to the clamp challenge and you're doing it as a reel, it doesn't show up in a hashtag search. A hashtag mm. search only shows up, uh, for me at least only shows up to posts, posts, which is really weird. Yeah, it does. It says top post clamp challenge. Yeah. So I went to go look because I had no one seen a whole bunch of them. Um, and I went to look and I was like, there's no way there's only one post about this uh, cam clamp. But there isn't. Mm. There's a whole bunch of reels. So mm. just putting that out there that Instagram sucks. Uh, <laughs> um, just scrolling through the hashtag, I forgot that Eve's posted the post a while ago with all the parts. Yes. So now I kind of understand that there is a reason why he's posted a duck because it's clearly got something to do with all those parts. Because he said, I have, I, he's, the caption is, I have my operator. I have found my operator. So he's obviously making something mechanical and the duck's going to do something. Um, oh, like a whirly game. Yeah, maybe. We also got the, the post from Brad's going to make. Mm-hmm. It's brainstorming ideas for the clamp challenge. Um, and we, we should actually talk about, e, um, not Eve's, uh, Dead Rise's actual first entry that he put in and he's made like yes. a, a tree, tree forest sort of scene on the jaw of a clamp, which is really cool. Yeah. I really like those little tree scapes that he's been making. Um, maybe if I say it, he'll send me one. <laughs> maybe he'll maybe he'll send you the clamp challenge one. Maybe. Mm. Um, that's one way to try and get into a judge's favors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a very exciting. Things are coming together. Do you guys have any updates you want to share on yours? 
I still don't know what I'm going to make. I had like one idea today and I realized it was not going to work. So like most of my ideas, I'll probably make it right after getting it. And you guys will probably, you guys will probably know about the project because I will already have made it before you hear about the idea. Fair. I bought the clamps. Adam, you bought, I bought the, clamps. the clamps. I bought some drill bits. I just, uh, I was going to completely make it from scratch, but I've decided to upcycle. So nice. That's a good idea. That'll like, save yeah. you a lot of time and make it so that you actually finish it. Exactly. So yeah, I'm just uh, yeah. driving around trying to find the right thing to upcycle. Maybe I'll go find some secondhand stores or something. Nice. I have been brainstorming and uh, I have two clamps that I bought that I hate because they're F style clamps that don't have clutches. So they like, if you're holding onto them, the thing just falls down unless it's under Mm -hmm. pressure. So when you try and actually clamp something, you have to like be holding it and turn. And then once it gets pressure, it stays there. So I hate them. And those are the ones I want to cut up to use something. So, We'll see what happens. I kind of want to maybe make a clamp knife. I don't know why, but That's I just cool can't idea. think. I can't think of a way to make it still look like a clamp, hmm. or be functional as a clamp, and also be useful as a knife. Like I can make it a really shitty knife and a really shitty clamp is the only way I've thought in my head so far. So we'll see. You can make a pretty cool like sword out of a long. Uh, yeah, it was a really long piece of bar steel. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it you know what it is. Well, we'll see. If I had a forge, or had access to a forge, I think there'd be more likely that I would pursue this. Maybe this is a good mm. spark to get a forge. Well, I emailed the company. I am getting that thickness planer, and they that company sells forges. So, Ooh. Uh, it is one of the things I th- I thought about making asking them for. But uh, I asked them for the high value items instead because I'm greedy. (laughs) But in talking about that, uh, it it brings us into our topic because likely I'm going to be hit with a deadline to produce a video once I receive this uh, sponsored project. And it made me think about ways that deadlines have really helped motivate me in the past. for me, it basically, I don't know what it is about a deadline, but it somehow sets up, I always know how much work I need to do and exactly when to start a project to finish it by a deadline. Hmm. And I don't start it until I have the exact amount of time left. But <laughs> I was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on it. Well, I'm curious before we go on, is everyone just had a daily deadline for the last month? How did you guys oh, yeah. go with that? I yeah. did, I think, 25 posts out of 31. Nice. I did like 12 or 13 and then stopped doing it. It was it was too much with making consistent videos. And I found that it, yeah. was, it was more of an annoyance than it was fun. And I was like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not getting a benefit mm-hmm. from it. Uh, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I planned to do the whole thing and I didn't do one post. <laughs> so we got the full spectrum, small, medium, and yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I do think, so I found when I had an idea in advance, I got excited about it, right? Yeah. When I had even a day in advance, even in, if I got it in the morning. But when I was like at the end of the day trying to think of something, I was that's when I just started going like kind of like morally. It's like it's annoying. I'm not getting a lot out of this if I'm not putting a lot of effort into it. And even the ones I, some of them I put in big effort and got, you know, 400 views on an Instagram reel. I'm like, Jesus, I could have posted, made this a post. It would have performed better. I would say the biggest thing I got out of it was the video I made about, um, I don't even remember what the post was, but it was basically like a compilation of all the things that keep me going. And it was like friends and family and videos of the pets. And I think Eden watched it about 20 times. She like absolutely loved it. So I, it felt like a home movie in a way. And so I, I think that was um, that was my favorite thing. Yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed 
trying to come up with stuff and the, the, the challenge of the restrictions put on by PL Smith, but it was a, just some of them I couldn't think of anything worth posting. Like in five years, I was just like, I don't know. I can't think of it in five minutes. And I didn't want to post just to post something stupid. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's the idea is it challenge it tries to challenge you to think about something that you that you wouldn't otherwise, but it's difficult for sure. Yeah. I don't know. My my that's plan the, was to yeah. make a spreadsheet for the whole month. So I knew what I was going to do up front, but I just never got around to it. But like, so we've said like project deadlines. So our challenge, I feel fine at the moment, but if I don't start working on it soon, it's going to really stress me out and I feel like I'm not mm. going to make it. Deadlines. I don't know. I, I don't know if I like deadlines. I feel like they stress me out too much. I would say like, I mean, everything I do has a deadline pretty much. Like I can't, I can't really think of work that I do with no deadline that I actually get done. So with this, um, with this like Tor lectern I'm building, it's been stretched out for so long that the work has just built up in my head, and I'm at the point now where I can actually like make things happen. So it's it's a lot more manageable internally. It doesn't feel as stressful. But if I just if I have an idea of when I want to put something out for like a video, for example, like thinking about two videos a week, it's really easy then to just backtrack and be like, okay, well. This, these are the things I have to get done. It's non-negotiable that I have to film this today and get it edited and done. Because usually like I know how fast I work. And I think that's probably right. a part of what makes deadlines manageable is managing the knowns and the unknowns. So like with this Torah lectern, there are a lot of unknowns. So I'm not going to do what Grant does and start it when I know exactly how much time it is to take it because I don't know how much time it's going to take me to build it. I'm going to give myself plenty of time because I know that things are going to come up that I didn't foresee. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I probably just power. I end up just not sleeping if that happens. See, I don't, I can't sacrifice sleep. Like sleep is one of those non-negotiable things for me. So like, I will, even if I'm in a, like work really hard state, like I'll still go to bed at a reasonable hour and wake up because that Hmm. has to happen. I will stay up all night. I don't have a problem. I have never I pulled have, an yeah. all-nighter except for – so I think I pulled two all-nighters. One was in grade eight. We did – actually, there was two of these events. So in grade eight, we did a cruise around – I'm mixing things up. In grade 12, we did a cruise around Boston Harbor as like a graduation celebration all night. And then in grade eight, we did a lock-in at like a like a health club and like swam and played tennis and there's like snacks and stuff. And I think those were the only two times I stayed up all night. I have I've stayed up all night so many times that I can't even count. Same. I have stayed up all night for no reason. Wow. Just because I just didn't go to sleep. I, I honestly can't imagine. Two, <laughs> that sounds like I, I have I have missed two night like two nights before. That's wild. So like I I woke up late late in the day, didn't go to bed at nighttime. And then stayed up that whole day and didn't go to bed the next day and saw the sunrise and went, what am I still doing up? I have to work at some point during the day. Wow. I went to bed. At the old, the bar I used to go to, they would lock the door, but continue serving as long as the <laughs> bartender was cool with it. Like you, you know, like the regulars were allowed to stay. And I saw the sunrise of quite a few times there. Wow. It was pretty sweet. I mean, I could see, I could see staying up all night if I was like going out on like the coast of Spain or something. Then it's then it's part of the whole experience. But I haven't had those sorts of nights. I've been out. I've been out until like three a.m. I think that's the latest I've been out. I go to bed at three a.m. at least once a week. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Anyways, that has nothing to do with deadlines, other than that I does. will gladly. <laughs> sacrifice well the drinking parts don't but the uh (laughs) the the things that i i will easily sacrifice sleep to get it done i won't sacrifice eating though i find it if i don't eat it ends up being that i shut down so i don't know it's interesting so you know those like snickers commercials like the person's like really angry 
I get that way, but I don't like Snickers. Snickers is not good. It's not a good, it's one of the worst. No, it's not. It's not even chocolate. Chocolate, chocolatey treat, which means that it doesn't fulfill the FDA requirement for being classified as chocolate. Oh, wow. I'm a Mars bar guy. I'm a Snickers. Anyways, that's another uh, side. But with deadlines, do you find that you can set yourself a deadline and always make it? Yeah. Obviously, we know Adam, Adam can't, but... I mean, pretty much. I think if it's a if it's a work for myself deadline, I'm at the point where I know my own work so well that it's uh, I there, I can pretty much figure out how long it's going to take, and I'll always be conservative with that. Like I'm always finding myself finishing things early. Yeah. I mean, one thing was like with the toaster oven, the thing that I was so set on doing just ended up not working for like a pretty obvious reason for anyone who knows anything about magnets, but I didn't think to think of that at the time. And so I was genuinely considering just like giving up on that project. Um, and I think there's like, there's a very small handful of projects that I have just given up on because I like, wasn't able to figure it out. Uh, one was when I was in university, when I was like just starting my, like the type of making I'm doing now, I think this was before I even had a YouTube channel. I wanted to make like um, a wooden toy gun and I like spent like a whole afternoon working on it. I was so excited about it. And then I tested it out and I just found out very quickly that the tolerances were not exact enough for it to work reliably. And I was like, I think that's enough of that. I'm going to move on. Um, but yeah, in terms of like missing deadlines, like needing to tell someone like, sorry, I'm not going to be able to get it to you in time. I honestly can't think of a time that that's happened for me. Well, like Adam has his ha- had, had his hand raised, so I wasn't going to talk, but oh, sorry. Apparently- I, just, I, decided, <laughs> I decided it wasn't, um, beneficial to the story. Fair. Uh, so <laughs> in terms of, I've definitely had times at work where i've said the thing that the deadline that you have set is unreasonable and not achievable so anytime i've ever set a deadline for something i mean i know how long it's going to take and i i even if i'm at work put in a little buffer because if you're an idiot if you don't put in a buffer uh you know if you think it's going to take a day give a day and a half give you some time to to screw up a little bit um so, but I've definitely had times where bosses have given deadlines for things that are just, it is not feasible. Um, and that's always an interesting, you know, dealing with a boss or a client who is wanting you to do something that's just like, it wouldn't matter how much money you had or how much manpower you had, you know, stuff like glue takes time to dry. You can't make it dry any faster and do it to a, you know, you could use super glue, but then it's not strong. So it's it's those kinds of things where you just go, it's not possible. I need to paint this. Well, it's going to take time to dr- to dry. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, when I was um when I was working at the Steam Project summer camp, we would make an activity schedule like pretty far in advance for a session, and I think just the fact that we had a certain activity penciled in meant that we would do that and it might not have been up to the standard that we originally envisioned, but it would happen. So right. we never really missed the deadlines in that sense. Cause we're like, this is what's going to happen on this day. It's prob it might be made of like cardboard and masking tape instead of wood and glue, like we originally thought, but it's still going to happen. Right. And the nice thing about working at a summer camp is that like, there's not really any downside to sacrificing quality. It's really only, it's really the staff that cares the kids are going to have fun no matter what right yeah well you know thinking about this uh this leather journal cover i wanted to make a youtube video for it and did make a youtube video for it um and the days just crept up on me and i ended up doing this entire thing in one day um and including taking my kid to get a haircut, including doing all this other stuff, editing the video and put it out while I was ready to be put out at that night. And I probably should have put it out in the night instead of the morning. Cause it's YouTube said, I, no one wants to see this and showed it to no one. Uh, but, 
I, I thought, you know, I think in the back of my mind, I knew how much time this would take if I had uninterrupted time. And I think that's what it comes down to is, is a lot of times for deadlines, it's about understanding your abilities and how long things are going to take. But you also have to have that uninterrupted time, I think. Yeah. Eden was away for two days this week and it was so Uh, nice. Like I could just spend as much time as I wanted working. It's fine. We talked about it. Like, I think it's good to have, like, we, we actually said, like, I think like once a month we should spend like two or so days apart at least. Cause it's just really nice to have that time to yourself to do whatever you want. Like I, you know, I had Abby to take outside and take on walks and stuff, but I could be like, okay, I'm going to spend like six hours working on this one thing. And it was fantastic. So Abby, my wife, not your dog, used to uh, work uh, shift work. And so oftentimes I'd get home from work and she'd be working for the next until like nine or 10 o'clock. So I'd be home at like five o'clock and I'd have five hours to do whatever I wanted. Um, And then once we, you know, she had kids, we had kids. She had the kid. I don't know how that all works. Once we had kids, it changed because she wasn't working shift work anymore. And so what we did is she goes to her mother's um, and brings the kids there and I stay behind. And that way I have a little bit of time to myself. Um, And it just, I I think that really helps too. Yeah. I think every relationship needs that. Like, and also just like keeping the spark alive. Like it's always nice to come back and see someone after you've been apart for a few days or a week or whatever. Totally. You get tired of each other. Yeah. Well, and then we've literally spent the last two and a half years, like joined at the hip in the house, right? Because mm-hmm. I've been working, I was yeah. working from home and then I'm on parental leave. So I don't know. I don't know how she hasn't killed me yet. But <laughs> I, I used to get a couple of days a week to myself, like my wife would work and then the kids were at daycare and school. And now my wife's dropped down to one day a week. She only works on a Wednesday. And that's the one day that my kid doesn't, my younger kid doesn't go to daycare. So the one day that I get alone, I have a child with me. We still, like, we have kid free days, which is good. But I feel obligated to spend time with her. I don't have that, like, oh, I'm home alone. I need to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's bring it back to deadlines again. Earlier, Adam, you said that you find deadlines stressful. Yes. And what about it? Is it, is it, would, like, can you expand on that a little bit? How about that? I, I think I just don't have faith in myself. And this is what I was going to say. I feel like you have a lot of faith in yourself in knowing how long you can get something done. Mm. And I, well, maybe not faith in myself, but I'm very, low on time if that makes sense like it's it's like oh okay i've got some spare time now i'll quickly try and get something done i can't really plan out like all right i'm gonna have free time here and i'll definitely be able to get that project done so if i don't start working on it early enough i just get really stressed and and then if i don't have any time pop up i'm like it's getting closer to the deadline and you haven't done anything right and that sort of stuff so what they do for me is they, they help me like they boost my confidence because I'll often be able to meet deadlines. And then if you, if you're someone who's had problems meeting deadlines in the past, they're probably now stressful because you, they're going to kill your confidence because you're worried about not meeting them all the time. Yeah. Hmm. For sure. I think, um, I've definitely set some deadlines on myself before, but I've never had anything that has like a high, risk if I don't make it. So it's right. like, I didn't make the deadline. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't put the video out when I wanted to or something like mm-hmm. that. Like I haven't had anything. It's like, if you don't get it done by now, you're going to lose money or you're going to like nothing like that. So I guess the stress is on myself in a way, but yeah, I haven't had that. I haven't had a big enough of a risk for it to push me, I guess. It's like what we were talking about last week. Like you need stakes. Yeah. And like when you are, when you are working for yourself or if you're 
doing your own creative work, the stakes is really the opportunity costs. It's like, what would happen if I don't do that? Um, it's really just the absence of the possible benefit of doing that thing. And I think that's one thing that motivates me is like, you know, I have all these things that I want to get done. It would stink if I never did those things. And then I would like regret it later on, or I wouldn't have the sort of success that I would want. So I find that motivating in a way, like, and it might sound kind of negative, but it, it, it does feel like positive and just a part of what motivates me. I think mm. it's great that it motivates you, but it's like these weird esoteric goals and motivations that it, it's it's much harder. If there's something concrete, like get it by now, get an extra $500 bonus check. It's a lot easier to, to visualize that. And I think you have to, I think morally you're really good at, at seeing the bigger picture than a lot of other people. So you see this, if I do this, it, you see these like unraveling web that comes apart, you know, that, that doing these things now will lead to that thing later where a lot of people don't see the immediate in like, you know, it's like school. People will, will drop out of school. Cause they're like, I can go get a job now. And it's like, yeah, you can go get a job, but it, it may, you know, the, the job that's paying you good money for a high school student isn't good money. If you're an adult, Right when you have responsibilities and a house and a thing, is what's great when you're living in your mother's basement isn't the same great amount of money that that you need later on in life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's sure. that being able to see the future is, I think, something that you're you're doing a really good job at. Thank you, and I also think it's nice not having deadlines for certain things. So, like, I've been working on working on a merch collection that like I'm really excited about. And like, I got the design back from Adam, not Adam Mackie, Adam C. And I'm like figuring out the product placement on the clothing items and the colors and the products themselves and everything. And it's a little overwhelming, like to, to come up with a merchandise collection because there's so mm-hmm. many options of things that you can do. And there's, it's like you better be orange or else you'll have some mad fans. (laughs) You can always put out something that's like good enough. You could like, okay, this has the design on it of the thing that I wanted. Great. I could put that out, but I was, I had to keep tempering myself and being like, no, like this is a great design. It can be a lot better. I need to, I need to ask more people if they think this looks good I need to wait and sleep on it and look at it the next morning with fresh eyes. Because my thing with merch has always been like, I don't want to just put out a shirt with a logo on it because I wouldn't even be excited about wearing that. Like I want to put out a shirt that can stand on its own and people would be like excited about wearing. So it took Mm -hmm. like, it took pushing my excitement like into the future a little bit until I was finally like, yes, that's it. Let's order those samples and and get this launch underway. That's I I can see what you're saying because that's it's what I've always said is like the problem with a lot of maker shirts is that they're just someone's logo slapped on a shirt and I'm like it's a very lazy approach to making your merch right. This like, this design almost didn't even have my logo. I I um it was it was I, I wouldn't don't say have it's a logo, after so it's the M A K hand I. Almost, it, it came in later, but I will say that it's. I think it's a. It ended up being a really nice part of it. Cool. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've thought a yeah. lot about having, like, I have a, a shirt that I'm wearing right now is a. For those watching, you can see it's a piston. Sorry, I walked away from the mic. It's a piston, and it's a Castrol uh, T-shirt that I got for free in oil because I only wear free T-shirts. Um, but I really like it because it's just like it makes sense with the brand Castrol. They're an oil company. Oil goes on the pistons to keep them lubricated and keep them, you know, everything moving. It it makes sense that a piston works with their brand so well. But it's not like a giant Castrol logo. I don't know. I really like this shirt and... Well, it reminds me of um, the Corvette logo because the Corvette logo barely has the Chevy logo in it. It's like right. two crossed race flags and it evokes speed and racing. And then the little bit of subtext is, oh, and it's made by Chevy. Right. And that's like, I really want to do something like that for my brand once I get to the Morley Kurt level. Um, 
you know, why do you have <laughs> then to I'm wait? Like, why? Because I've tried doing other things and they mm. are, uh, disappointing in the amount of, uh, uptake I got. And so I want to manage my emotions because when, if I put something out and it does well, I get excited about it and I want to do more. And if I put some, if I put a lot of work into something and it falls flat, then I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. I want to just quit the world. But you're talking, you're talking about a logo change, right? No, I'm not talking about logo change. I'm talking about merch that has, Oh, I see that that is about me but isn't about me yeah right? okay. like i like this shirt is about is a castrol logo is like has the castrol logo it's made by castrol but it's not it's not just their logo on the shirt it's something yeah. interesting that goes with them and it makes sense and i think that's i think that's a good call i don't think it's really worth it to do merch and the reason I don't think it's worth it to do merch until you have like a substantial audience and the reason i'm doing it now is yeah. because like i unlocked the youtube merch shelf and I was like, right. people can watch my videos and see that right underneath. And that's an amazing marketing channel. So like, this is the time to do it. Right. Mm. Totally. Because it, I, you know, you know few, how many shirts have you seen and not bought, right? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a few designs that I thought would be interesting for like fellow makers. And my logo is like literally small on the lower back. It's got nothing to do with the actual design on the front. Right. And I've had one person buy one and it was a friend on our Discord. Hmm. Other than that, there was no interest at all. Yeah. And that so that's really what I deflated mean. me. And I'm like, well, I kind of don't even want to even bother trying again because I failed yeah, multiple and, times. Well, I mean, I think it's and I think it's because, you know, merch is merch, but it's also fashion and people are very attached to the things that they wear. Mm-hmm. And most of us aren't fashion designers. So <laughs> like the odds that someone's going to really want to buy it is, is not high. Yeah. And that makes me think about one thing I wanted to talk about in this discussion was setting smart goals. And so if people haven't heard of smart before and, and why, and this will all tie in together in a second when I start explaining what smart goals are, but smart goals are, it's an acronym that stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. And so whenever you're thinking about a goal, like I want to drop new merch. So that's specific. You can say specific, I want to drop five different articles of merch. Sure. Measurable. You know, that's easily, you can measure whether or not that's done, right? Is the merch dropped or not measurable? Um, then when it comes to attainable and realistic it, it's like will it will the thing sell is it realistic that this actually happens right is it realistic that i can do it is it realistic that anyone will buy it right it's those kinds of things that you need to to look at to see whether or not you should even be doing it um or is that a goal that you should push yeah. down the line and not be looking at right now uh, and the last thing that a lot of people forget is time-based or time-bound. Um, and the reason why things need to be time-bound is because if you're actually setting up a, a goal that you want to do, it needs to have a deadline, right? It needs to be by a certain time because then you get motivated to do it. If you don't have a deadline, it's something in the background and you can do it and there's things that can get done, but the, it won't be motivating the same way as when you have the deadline. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. a way of achieving. There's obviously people achieve stuff without setting deadlines all the time. So I don't want to tell, oh, you have to have a deadline, but. But deadlines are kind of like pump up music. It's like working out with pump up music. It like lights the fire to kind of like push you through to the end. It's not going to be the, it's not going to give you the great ideas. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to give you the critical thinking abilities, but it will, it will push you to put in the sweat to do it. Right. Do you, do you feel like now, Molly, that you're doing this full time that you have to set a deadline every week? Because like I feel like now it's like, oh, whenever I get a project done, I can put it out. But you now need to put out a video like once every week or two weeks. Oh, more than that. I'm putting out two videos a week right now. But um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel so 
I've thought about a little bit into the future, like plans that I have for the summer. And the thought has definitely come up of like, oh, I'm, I probably will have to slow down output around that time. So how do I like manage expectations yeah. so that people aren't disappointed that content is coming out less frequently? Um, I don't think it's a huge issue because it's not like in the banner of my YouTube channel, it says a new video every week. You know, I'm not making that promise to people right now. That is the pace that I'm on. And I think it's great. And I want to keep doing it because I enjoy it and it's getting good reception and good feedback. And it's, it's great for everyone. People are watching it. Um, but like, I don't, I don't feel like there's an external force that's pushing me to make those deadlines. I like making two videos a week. I get excited about these projects and ideas and I want to share them like when they're ready, which usually happens within two or three days. Yeah. And, but you say you don't feel that external pressure, but do you feel like you're putting pressure on yourself? Yeah, but it's good pressure. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. So I, I think this is really good to tie into arbitrary deadlines and why most deadlines people set are arbitrary, right? Unless there is a an event that is going to occur in the future that you need to have something done by, a lot of times people like, oh, we need to get our quarterly numbers or whatever. Like they're all like arbitrary. Like right. even the calendar is arbitrary. And I know Morley doesn't it believes that the calendar is completely arbitrary and all of his friends <laughs> tell him that they, that the new year doesn't matter to him. Um, but that's the kind of thing that I go, like, why does something need to be done by the end of the month? Like what is happening at the end of the month that turns that thing? So you shouldn't sacrifice yourself or the quality of your project to get it done by a deadline that doesn't matter. For sure. So it's something to keep in mind when you're doing it. Yeah. And, but I don't, I don't feel like I am sacrificing quality. I feel like the things that I'm doing right now, and I know that wasn't what you were trying to say, but yeah. I think the things that I'm doing just take about the amount of time that I'm doing them in right now. And if I think with the, um, so a good example is the typewriter desk. That video probably took one to two weeks to make altogether, but I was doing other things I was making other videos and doing other things as I was working on it. So I could sort of like keep on the same timeline and right. that will probably continue to happen into the future because some things just take longer, especially woodworking projects compared to like a 3d printing project or a repair. Right. But that's where you didn't set an arbitrary deadline of, I need this, I need the, that desk video, a typewriter desk video out this day. Right. You went, I'd like right. to have a video out this day. So why, where can I prioritize my time to get a, a video out? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I feel like somewhere there's got to be a balance between deadlines and keeping up production. Like say if you are a furniture business, for instance, you might not set a deadline of say, I need to make a table every week, but you might make up a production goal of, I want to get out a table every week. If you don't, yeah. Uh, is that making a deadline? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I think it's accepting that, you know, you will, you might go through long periods of not having like a tangible benefit from your work or, or look like you're producing anything, but that work is still important. Like in the table business, for example, like you might need to spend a week or two just like organizing your workshop. But in that time, you can't be producing tables in the same way. I saw that at the scenery shop, you know, cause we would go through, um, peaks and valleys in work, especially with the movie industry, which is so seasonal. Like there's literally times of the year where no one has work. And so the shop during those times is just working on infrastructure improvements, but they're expecting right. that during the rest of the year, like they will have enough work to pay for that time. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's an interesting, it's kind of like, like, you know, work hard this part because you know, it's going to be like lean later. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I always think about, um, like in one of Adam Savage's videos, he said something that really stuck with me, which was, 
he was like going around his shop and showing off some tools. And he was like, oh, I bought this back when I had TV money. And to me, I'm thinking like, oh, obviously Adam Savage is wealthy because he was on Mythbusters and everything else. But because he worked for the TV industry, his income probably came in big waves and then died off for a little while because it's all project-based work. So when you have that sort of work and you have money, like those are the times when you buy the tools and the things that you want because there's going to be famine later on down the road. (laughs) And then you're going to be selling your tools. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing with like, say Adam Savage, he doesn't really do much TV work anymore that he wouldn't have those paychecks coming in like he used to. So he would have, well, to- he does have a YouTube channel with 6 million subscribers. Well, so yeah, that's not for but, nothing. But if he, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, let's say Jamie, for instance, you know, like, so if you didn't prepare for that, when you had the TV money, be prepared for, Oh, there's going to be a point where I'm not going to be earning this much money. I need to invest or right. save or whatever. And that's the whole premise of Jerry Maguire, right? It's like um, Cuba Gooding Jr. is like, I need to make this money now because in five years when my football career is over, I'm going to have no way to make any money. Yeah. Right. But that has nothing to do with deadlines. So let's get back onto the topic. (laughs) And you know what I think I wanted? The last thing I really wanted to talk about is making your deadlines public and whether or not you think that's a good idea or not and i'll throw I it, think to it depends. first oh i'll throw it to adam first <laughs> sorry I'll just, I'll just take it um i i think it depends on on what the deadline's for i mean like if if it's a personal deadline of i want to get out of video a week i don't think that really needs to be made public because you're going to have that stress of if you don't do it but then say having a deadline of i need to get the clamp challenge done by on time, I think needs to be public or maybe setting yourself a deadline of like, say when I was doing all the weight loss and stuff, like I want to lose 10 kilos by this certain amount of time. I'm sort of putting myself out there where I feel pressured, like pressuring myself to, to work harder, to get it done. Right. Well, that's the same with saying I'm going to get a video out every week is you're doing the same thing. It's trying to get the public to pressure you. Giving you, yeah. yeah. It's the same with, why do we put out a podcast every week? Mm. Right? We set a deadline every week that we're going to have a podcast out by two o'clock in the morning on Monday. Right? Every week it happens. We've we've been setting deadlines every week and we have only missed like one or two of them. And it's, you know, for two years. That's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. If you think about deadlines. Um. So what do you think, Morley? Public deadlines good, bad, ugly? The times that I've done it in the past, it's been fun. Um, I'm thinking about like the first example that comes to mind is the puzzle box. And I was I was posting teasers for that video leading up to post like actually posting the final YouTube video. And it was right. really exciting to sort of like build the hype. But like I said before, like I knew I was gonna be able to get it done. I wasn't I wasn't like the the startup who didn't have the product yet and was trying to get people to buy their product. Right. Well, you did the five days, five videos. Yeah. That was, very that was also really fun. Like I, I think I enjoy that pressure. Right. If I impose it, it on days. myself. Almost made it to six days. One day I'll post that video of like coming back to the apartment and telling Eden that I think I'm going to do a six and her kind of like talking me down from the ledge. You know, I think that would make a great Patreon content. And I, at that point, I think it's a good for us to thank our Patreons. Uh, they are the amazing people who make this show happen. They're the ones who, because of their support, were able to ship the products worldwide for the Clamp Challenge. Um, I especially want to thank the F-Clamp levels. Uh, Brent Jarvis from Clean Cut Woodworking. He's the one who's uh, also donating the uh, router sled. Uh, Vincent Ferrari from the Because We Make podcast. Austin from High Caliber Craftsman. And Scott Oram from Dad It Yourself DIY. Um, thank you very much, everyone who uh, supports at that level. And thank you to everyone who supports over on patreon.com slash clamp. If you support, you get access to an amazing pre-show, an awesome after show and a numbered keychain made by Morley uh, himself. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, clamp mandations, clamp mandations.
So last week I went to my first concert since COVID. It was so much fun. It was Earth Gang, who is a hip hop duo. And I've been aware of them for a little while. Um, They've actually, it's interesting. They've been like making really good music for like eight, at least eight years now. Because I remember in high school, one of my good friends went to their concerts and they were like, they were really up and coming at that point. But they've sort of started exploding in popularity recently. Um, I think with their label and they've been doing some stuff with like J. Cole and J.I.D., um so they're on tour right now because they came out with a new album which is very good so i went to that concert in toronto which was an absolute blast uh it's actually this cool new venue called history which apparently is owned by drake it was a very interesting vibe all the security out front was wearing suits um that needless to say it was a great concert so i mean earth gang i'll 100 recommend them they're incredibly positive they're very musical um they're just like great people and they make great music but the person I wanted to clamp mend was one of their openers. And that's one of the fun parts about going to a concert is like the openers are usually artists you would never have heard of before. Um, and it's a good way to just hear about new music. So one of the openers names was Mike Dimes. He's a rapper from Texas and he was really good. It's very good kind of like turn up music, I would say. Like I was listening to him while skateboarding today. Um, and it was just like, what does turn up music mean? Like hype up music, like get excited. I thought you were talking like, it's good to eat your vegetables. If that's what hypes you up, then yes. Well, like turn, I thought you were eating your turnips. Oh, I see. I see. Um, so yeah, (laughs) I would, I would recommend, uh, Mike Dimes. He's on all the music platforms. Um, but also earth gang, if you've never listened to them before, um, and your hip hop fan, they're really, really good. Um, I want to clamp mandate a TikTok profile called Social Addict. Um, I got hooked on these guys last night. I was, or one guy. I got hooked on him last night. He get, he goes through music and shows where the samples came from in songs and like other, mostly like hip hop stuff, but like um, hip hop stuff that's happened not necessarily in music, but like getting in interviews and, and stuff like that sort of funny things and stuff. And yeah, I got really hooked watching those. Watched them for like two hours, two and a half hours. I'll second that. Me and Adam actually were talking about it in the pre-show. I, I haven't watched two hours of his videos, but I have watched some and they're very, (laughs) very interesting. It's amazing how producers minds work where they can take a sample from the most random song and turn it into something totally different. And it really demonstrates that in a cool way. Crazy. Well, I haven't listened or watched any of that and probably won't, but I know that there are music lovers who listen to this show, so I'm sure they will. I, uh, I would, I'm going to do two because I got a quick one. I have this sign that was made by uh, Pul- Pulden Projects, Billy, over there. He made this. Um, and you can see it. It's his day 16 YouTube video, uh, Maker Crush. Uh, and he made that for me and sent it to me. And I have to hang it up still, but it's, uh, it was really cool. I've been wanting to make a little sign like that. And then uh, he did it. So now I don't have to. So it's awesome. And my second one is uh, this whitewater canoeing to a blacksmith shop video by Jim Baird. Um, he went to this, uh, this shop called the Adventure Forge. Um, and they're on Instagram and I've been chatting with the guy at adventure forge a bit. Uh, but it's really cool that they, they got in a canoe from his house and canoed down the river to a blacksmith shop, spent the day there kind of like blacksmithing with the guy left with an ax and then continued to on their canoe trip. I just thought it was a really, uh, fun little video for anyone who likes camping, uh, or canoeing and, uh, blacksmithing. It was really cool. That's cool. They should have they should have gone to the blacksmith shop without a paddle and then made a paddle to get back home. <laughs> That'd be cool. Stakes. Well, that would be a that would be a very heavy paddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Adam, I okay, so normally at this point is when we would do the morally reading a review with a very bad accent. Um, but instead it would 
yeah, it wasn't like uh, an Alberta accent. It was more like an East Coast accent, but it was good. It was it was Canadian, that's for sure. That's all that mattered to me. That's, yeah, that's the problem is most people can't tell the difference. <laughs> but uh, since we don't have a review this week, if you want to leave them, you can go over to the Apples or Podcast Addict. Those are the two places I know you can leave them. Um, you can do that. Or uh, we can do what Adam loves to do, which is Adam's Australian Word of the Week. Yeah, I've got, got a fun one this week. And I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it in the Discord before, so hopefully you guys don't remember it. But my word for the week is Akadaka. Hmm. Akadaka. Use it in a sentence, maybe? Uh, or is it a verb or a noun? I, I don't want to give it away. Last oh, week I, I saw... No. Last week I saw Akadaka. Last week I saw Akadaka? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to noun? use it in a sentence. Yes, sort of. Is, is it a person, place, or thing? Sort of. I, it, I it, it is a noun, but it's a it's it's sort of a nickname for a noun. Is it That's, is it like a grandfather? No. I don't know. I, I got like nothing. It's a, like a nickname for a, a close relation of some sort. No. What is okay, it? It's actually how it's actually how Australians pronounce the band ACDC. Oh, really? <laughs> that's funny. That's that is good. All right, no, I definitely didn't hear that one before. I wouldn't have got that one, but thank you for sharing Adam's Australian word of the week. I want to thank TF Turning for a theme song, and um, I I feel like we got to start bugging them to make our new pop music, uh, '80s pop music. For all those yeah. who love uh, the original theme song, I'm sorry, but we're going to transition into something even more ridiculous. Everyone message TF Turning in time to do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that would be awesome. Tell them what, exactly <laughs> what you want, what yeah. you really, really want. Uh, so everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can find all of us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the like just by searching for Clamp, Adam, Morley, Grant, I think YouTube too. Thank you, everyone. And until next time, cheers. Bye. Bye.